it's Andrew Wilkow. Here's my opening monologue from today's Wilkow Majority on Sirius XM Patriot. The MSNBCNN crowd is already front-loading the accusations of white supremacy as Joe Biden has basically nixed like three-quarters of the population from being considered for the Supreme Court. If somebody says, well, Andrew, isn't it time for a black woman to be on the Supreme Court? Well, the Democrats didn't feel that way when Clarence Thomas was nominated. They didn't think it was time for another black man to be on the Supreme Court. They don't think he's qualified now. They didn't seem to think it was a necessity to have black women on the federal bench when Janice Rogers Brown was held up for two straight years. And I'm going to harp on this. I am going to harp on this. I was sitting, I've been sitting for the past several days. I call it the gloriously boring C-SPAN for a reason, because it is. And honestly, watching senators speak on the Senate floor, a lot of times it is also just Boring. But they debated Janice Rogers Brown for almost two years. And the Democrats will tell you their opposition to Janice Rogers Brown had nothing to do with her race or her gender. It was her philosophy. Now, if you read into Janice Rogers Brown, if you listen to some of these senators, the reason why I'm not going to overwhelm you with clips of audio. You listen to this program, you know I have clips of audio. Who do you think is the one sitting there watching this stuff and then setting the 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 edit marks, timestamps, and then sending them up? It's not like this is done for me. I do it myself. But what am I going to do? Am I, am I going to play, you know, hours boiled down into minutes Snippets of Dick Durbin reciting an opinion. Just if you care enough to read up on read up on yourself, go ahead. If not, take it from me. She's a she's a constitutionalist, and one of the screaming examples of why they opposed her was she was she felt she believed that affirmative action laws were unconstitutional. And that was one of their big hangups as a black woman. She looked at she looked at the law. She looked at the 64 civil rights legislation, which she has quoted often. She has made comparisons. We played it yesterday to the First Amendment and the Fifth Amendment, which has little to do with affirmative action. But she has looked at this and saying, just because you're doing something in the positive for one group doesn't give you the right to do something negative to another. Civil rights legislation is not supposed to be a revenge. It's not a rev- it's not an act of revenge. See this and this is the fundamental difference between conservatives and progressives on how to better our society. And our society could be better. All societies could be better. No society is perfect. But they're seemingly um line of thinking does not stray from 
the idea that there, there has to be subtraction. If you want to make more opportunity, if you have a choice to look at the world and look at opportunity, and you have the static pie argument, which is that there's the, the, pie, the pie is set, it's in the tin, the only way to give somebody a slice is to take it from somebody else. Versus adding, which is to make another pie. You make another pie. You don't have to quota somebody out of their job in a growing economy. For every heritage business in a thriving, growing economy, there'll be upstart new businesses. Diversity doesn't have to be used as a political weapon. But the left has turned it into a political weapon. And they're doing it now with this Supreme Court nominee, who we don't even know who it is yet. But Janice Rogers Brown, who grew up the daughter of sharecroppers, came to almost all of the same conclusions that Clarence Thomas came to. That if you're going to be a judge, if you're going to be a jurist, even though you may have a unique background, you still have to apply the law equally and evenly. And this is why they opposed her. If you go back and watch C-SPAN, boring as hell. We played for you a clip the other day where Democrats led by Chuck Schumer accused her of making up the law. Now, she did no such thing. But it's kind of funny now if you look back to 17 years ago, the Democrats have wanted no, no, nothing to do with judge that would legislate from the bench. Meanwhile, they want that done all day, every day, now. And if they can't get their way, they want executive orders in place of legislation. If you want the most corrupt example of a judge legislating from the bench, how many states did we see during this past election cycle? How many state judges did we see change election law without input from from the legislative body? Many. So when somebody says, and I I know how this game works, You try to make me look crazy. You try to make conservatives look crazy. So if somebody says, Andrew, do you think the election was stolen? Do you really believe Joe Biden didn't win? You know what I'll say, honestly? There's an asterisk to this. Joe Biden won an election that was massaged for him by Democrat judges, governors, and county election officials. They changed the rules during the game to give him the advantage. I would turn it around on any of these people and say, well, let me ask you something. Do you think in the absence of changing election law under the guise of COVID that Joe Biden would have won? I mean, by the time we went to vote in November of 2020, We'd already returned to grocery shopping, retail shopping. What is the difference between standing six feet apart, if that's going to be the regulation, at the voting booth 
and standing six feet apart waiting to check out your groceries? The answer is nothing. The answer is nothing. By the time we went to cast ballots, we had already adopted measures of mask wearing, which they told us worked, social distancing, washing hands, hand sanitizing, because we couldn't just have the population locked down. People need to eat. People need to work. So whatever measures, even if in hindsight, some of them were redonkulous, were adopted to allow people to go shopping for food and get back to work. Those measures could have easily been applied to voting without changing a single election law. But we saw laws changed. But anyway, let's start here, shall we? Because this is going to This is going to, this is only the beginning. This is only the beginning. Um, Here you have Chris Hayes. Chris Hayes, who's a white male who will not quit his job to air fingers, quote, make space. He's on a network with Lawrence O'Donnell, another white male. Rachel Maddow does not constitute diversity. I know Joy Reid is in there, but, you know, where's where's their, their evening Hispanic anchor? Or Asian anchor? How come none of these white males ever make space you know, to make sure that there's only one of them and the broad mosaic is represented before a second white male is hired? Because that's how the white liberal thinks. The white liberal will tell you that the conservative is the racist. Meanwhile, it's the white liberal. It's the white liberal that puts in quotas to keep out Asian students. See, I look at the meritocracy. If MSNBC is happy with their lineup, then so be it. But their constant complaint about the space white males occupy is usually made by white males who won't give up the space that they demand other white males give up. Anyway, play cut three. I am sorry, but these mediocrities, these complete mediocrities whining about this, these legacy cases... Uh, the argument is pretty transparent. They believe that white people are the best. Supreme, you might even say, and that meritocracy means choosing white people. And if you're not choosing overwhelmingly white people, then you're engaged in, quote, affirmative action. That's the argument. And the irony here is that that is also the argument the conservative Supreme Court is almost certainly going to make this year because they are almost certainly going to strike down race-based admissions in higher education across the country agreeing with precisely the same brain-dead meritocracy argument on View on Cable News. Brain-dead meritocracy argument. You're brain-dead if you think black, Hispanic, Asian, Middle Eastern, whatever people who have that in their DNA, their heritage, are somehow so deficient that without the big hand of government, They would never achieve anything in life. Again, if it were up to me, we would have had Janice Rogers Brown on the Supreme Court. Miguel Estrada withdrew his nomination because of the fight the Democrats put up. Janice Rogers Brown was held up for two years. Two years. 
Not a peep out of these people at MSNBC. So, no matter how many black conservatives there are, and I don't think there's a dimes bit of difference between being a black conservative and a white conservative, they'll tell you with a straight face. They, I mean, the people that have, the people that did everything they could to sink Clarence Thomas and are trying to sink him now will tell you that Republicans and conservatives think being white means being the best. No, we believe in the meritocracy. It's adding versus subtracting. If there is a qualified black woman for the Supreme Court, then there's a qualified black woman for the Supreme Court. But going out there and saying that is the requisite is a world of difference than somebody achieving something because they're just that good at their job. Now here's another contributor over at MSNBC, Juanita Tolliver. Any criticism of Biden's nominee is white supremacy. Cut four. This is something after the voting rights failure that needs to happen, must happen. So his full-throated response and reminder to folks that he will make good on this is critical. Now, the criticism we're hearing is going to be rooted in the same white supremacy that we see from the right every single day. We saw it with Vice President Harris on the 2020 campaign trail. and We're going to see even more of that now. We're already seeing it. And the nominee hasn't even been named because the assumption that the Supreme Court is a reserved space for white or white adjacent people, particularly men, is what has been the guiding light up until, what, the 60s? And so this is going to make a lot of people upset. And with that in mind, Democrats need to figure out how they are going to protect this nominee because she is going to be in for a world of hatred, racism, and misogyny directed all at her from all angles. You know, on the daily lineup, on the daily lineup, and I'm, I'm, I'm not saying this because I want to pick a fight with my colleagues on Sirius XM Progress. But on the daily lineup, we have more black hosts on the Patriot channel than on our left-wing channel. And again, like MSNBC, I don't control that channel. I don't control any channels around here. We're told constantly that being a conservative is akin to white supremacy. Well, 50% of our in-house hosts on this channel Stacey Washington and David Webb. Myself and Marlo, that's 50%. Hannity and Levin are syndicated product. As far as the in-house hosts on this channel, we are 50% black. Not because anyone said, you have to be this percentage black. It was because the people that were put together for this lineup were the best available. I'm proud to work on this team. I'm proud to call my colleagues on this channel my friends. It is grotesque that these people sit there with a straight face. They don't even know who this woman is. I would love, I would love to see these people have to analyze Janice Rogers Brown as a nominee to the Supreme Court. Now it never happened. But they would not, they would never, if you go back and look at the criticism from Chuck Schumer and Dick Durbin, see, here was one of the things. I was looking at 
these old debates. And it was Senator John Corzine. Well, he's not in the Senate anymore. A lot of the senators that were opposing are not in the Senate anymore, but some of them still are. And they are never held to account. Nobody would call Chuck Schumer a white supremacist for opposing Janice Rogers Brown. They would not say you're anti-Latino, Latinx, for opposing Miguel Estrada. Hell, they didn't even mind the anti-Catholic bias that Dianne Feinstein brought to the hearings against Amy, Amy Coney Barrett. And she did do it. We all heard her. But any criticism, unless Republicans just give this unnamed black woman their vote, the Republican Party is full of white supremacists. You know, like Tim Scott. You can join me live on the Wilcow Majority, Monday to Friday, noon to 3 East, 9 to noon West, on Sirius XM Patriot, Channel 125.